welcome cadets and captains to another episode of N-Class Podcast. I'm horny for track, baby. Well, keep it in your pants, because we're talking about a bad Voyager episode this Yay! time. Spoilers! <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And uh, on M-Class Podcast, we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media. We pick it apart for about an hour and then yeah. tell you at the end whether it's good or if it's garbage. Or if it's somewhere in between. We, I think we've adopted the warp scale, right? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I don't know if we even did that last time. The, the, I, think we, I think we've been doing it. I don't remember. <laughs> warp 10 is the best because it turns you yeah. into a catfish. The, ca- the, the, the Cochrane to Catfish scale. That's oh, my God. It. That was so fucking genius. That is so That's smart. Right. We need a, we need like a shirt that is like just a timeline of it, <laughs> and we'll like, and we can put in like points, like what we think. That'd be kind of neat. That'd be a fun shirt. <laughs> we've we've got some ideas. We uh, the idea is that I'm gonna try and do a shirt every couple months, like a new oh, shirt. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Right now at mclasspodcast.com, if you click on the merch tab, there's a brand new uh, "Come Visit Riza" tourism shirt. So go check that out. Jamaharan for everyone. Still incredibly smart. <laughs> I love the uh, the Horgon. It looks really. I love it. Oh, it's thank beautiful. You. I made that with my own two hands. <laughs> uh, so this episode is part three in Jakub's um, skeleton crew collection. I had to think about it for a second because this crew doesn't even have any skeletons. So I'm yeah, not they're sure. just they're just booger folks. Uh, spoilers. The, the booger folk of Voyager. <laughs> so this episode was um, written, well, I guess uh, it's Course Oblivion is the name of the episode, Season 5, Episode 18. And uh, it was written by, by Brian Fuller, who did a lot of work on Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Uh-huh. Um, he was a Star Trek, the original series fan. I mean, this dude did 25 episodes of, oh my god, he did three episodes of Discovery? No. That can't be true. Yeah, I mean, I believe The Vulcan Hello, Battle at the Binary Stars, and Context is for Kings. He worked on Battle at the Binary Stars is like the second episode, right? This dude's dude's at it. Um, Well, I don't know if that's good. He wrote Impact Noor. That's a pretty good episode of Deep Space Nine. Uh, Not a lot of winners, though. um, No, I mean... (laughs) he, He mostly wrote Voyager episodes, so... I, off the bat, this episode embodies everything I feel about Voyager. That's a good point. This uh, is like the, if you had to describe Voyager in one episode, it's it's like, it's this one. Which is wild, considering that the actual characters don't appear in it until the very last moments of the episode. It's either ironic or telling, or both. Uh, I mean, ironically telling. I do have have, um, a genuine fun fact about this episode that blew my mind. Yeah, we're fucking firing already. We're ready to go. Let's do it. We're ready to fucking go. So here's your John Larroquette, James Avery fun fact of the week. Uh Uh-huh. This episode was directed by Anson Williams, who you might know as fucking Potsy Weber from Happy Days. Why the fuck is that a thing that exists? <laughs> Dude, you want to know something even fucking wilder? 
how is that how is my day gonna get any wilder than what you just told me he directed it's only a paper moon the deep space nine episode which one's that one it's the one with nog who he comes back with his uh, like leg injury oh and he goes to the holodeck yeah, and he, he like yeah. goes to the holodeck and she hangs out with frank not frank sinatra yeah vic fontaine Hey, Goyly, it's me, Vic Fontaine. <laughs> that was probably the worst. Um, but yeah. Do you like pizza? I do. A lot of pizza. Give me the pizza. Hey there, Nog. Would you like to be in my gang? Oh, damn. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> fucking Potsy Weber. He also Why? directed episodes of Sequest 2032, Xena Warrior Princess, Hercules The Legendary Journeys, Melrose Place, Beverly Hills 90210, Charmed, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch from the 90s. Holy shit, the 90s were one hell of a time, huh? Yeah, we sure had that's some TV a, shows. That's a fucking list that he directed on. Fucking Potsy Melrose Weber. Place. There are people listening to this who are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Who's Potsy Weber? Do you remember when Melrose? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> just thinking. Of- Sorry, I was just thinking about Melrose Place. Do you remember when Melrose Place was like nine hundred two one zero? Isn't Gen X enough? That's let's true. Make- <laughs> let's make a show even more Gen X. Melrose Place. Uh, I didn't watch either, so I don't really know. 90210 I watched, and I think that's why I like Riverdale because it's it's very reminiscent of. How stupid that shit is, right? Yeah, it's like, like a soap opera for Gen X. It's like a kid, like a teenage soap opera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Potsy Weber is a character in the American television series Happy Days. You might know the Fonz from that. A little guy named the Fonz. Yeah, Henry of? Henry Winkler. He's in such hit movies as The Water Boy and uh, The Water he, Boy. He's he's also. Uh, <laughs> He's also the dad, uh, uh, Ra- uh, Ralph, Ralph Macchio. No, not Ralph. <laughs> Ralph Macchio. John, John Ralphio's yeah, dad. John in, Ralphio. Uh, Parks and Rec. There you go, uh, got there. He's, he's also in the movie that inspired Happy Days, which I forget the name of now. American, American Graffiti. Graffiti. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think he's in that movie. That's a great movie. Uh, I haven't seen it. Doesn't have Potsy in it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Wait, he's not mind. in that movie. Who? Wait, Fonzie isn't in that movie. Uh, no. He, what's the name of the movie with fucking their greasers and fucking Sylvester Stallone is also in it? Oh my god, what are you talking about? You well, talking about Grease? <laughs> no, Sylvester Stallone isn't in Grease. <laughs> no, John Travolta. Hey there, it's me, John Travolta. <laughs> Henry Winkler, Sylvester Stallone, Lords of Flatbush. Oh my god, what a reference. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, the Lords of Flatbush. I never saw that. Um, Is that the porno he did? Sylvester Sylvester Stallone, Perry King, Henry Winkler, and Paul Mace as Wimpy Morgallo. Hey there, it's me, Wimpy Morgallo. It's me, Wimpy (laughs) Morgallo. Sounds like a Mario Brothers villain. It really does. It sounds like from the Super Show. Like they'd be like, "Oh, yeah. it's my cousin Whippy Margallo. Whippy Margallo's coming over, <laughs> Luigi. We gotta clean up this pigsty." Uh-oh. And then they do like a, a they <laughs> and then there's like a like a time lapse of them cleaning, and it's like. 
they couldn't do a time lapse of them cleaning because it would require Captain Lou Albon to, to move. move. So, dude, that dude. I didn't notice as a kid, but every scene of them is like Captain Lou Albano is sitting at a table eating pizza while they're talking. <laughs> Man, what a what a great. We lived through some pretty great pop culture. It's true. I'll, I'll say that right now. Uh, that show sucks, but I love it. That show is stupid as fuck, but, like, what a fucking, like, in what world is there, like, a wrestler, and they're like, let's get him to be Mario. Like, <laughs> that's crazy as shit, man. You know what, like, breaks my heart? Is that before he died, they had this idea that uh, John Belushi was going to play Mario. Oh, they, that they were going to have great. John Belushi play Mario and Dan Aykroyd play Luigi. Oh my god, can you fucking imagine? That would have been perfect for how ridiculous yeah. it would be. It would have been, like, uh, on par with Ghostbusters. Although, like, I gotta say, like, Bob Hoskins was great in the Super Mario Brothers I, movie. <laughs> you love that movie. Uh, for all the wrong reasons, I think. I love that That's movie. your Riverdale. That's your Riverdale, dude. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of my and Josh's thoughts on Super Mario Brothers the movie, become a patron <laughs> at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, where we did a whole commentary track for the movie. <laughs> I remember seeing it in the movie theater and just being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like a dark, like, alternate universe Mario tale. Like, it would, I feel still to this day that if it wasn't terrible... Uh, if it was just, like, the same setting and everything, it would do a lot better these days than it did then, where people understand what an alternate universe is. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's more on par with, like, that Dragon Ball movie, though, where you're oh like... God. Where you're like, wait a minute, what the hell is happening? That's true. Well, the None Dragon of this Ball movie is anything. completely unenjoyable. So that movie is so shitty. Holy fuck. I have a great time watching the Super Mario Brothers movie. I am miserable watching the Dragon Ball movie. <laughs> Piccolo, though. It's fucking Spike from Buffy. How awesome. Uh, kids love Buffy. They love that Buffy. Uh, so back on Star Trek. Sort of. Sort of Star Trek. Sure. Uh, <laughs> This episode, I, like, right off the bat, I think it's important to point out that this episode sucks and... Uh, <laughs> Like I watched yeah. it completely stone faced. Like I was, I was staring right at it, and I was barely paying attention while I was staring I, at it. I, I also think we should uh, say that we have both seen this episode before. Yes, right. Yeah, and that I, I was gonna say that kind of ruins the the twist, but the twist is ruined in the episode. The, the thing about the twist, and I'll get to this before I even before we even jump into like the recap of what happened. What even happened? Can we even recap this? Well, <laughs> like, I'm gonna try. Even, I'm gonna try my what best. What fucking happens in this episode? This is my magnum opus recap. We'll see. <laughs> um, the way they reveal the twist, quote unquote, is excruciating yeah. because it's like, horrible. They're like, uh, remember when we were on that planet and they made duplicates of us? Oh, I often wonder where they've been and what happened to them. Oh I'm like, okay, God. I understand what's happening now. Oh my god! And then they still play it out like it's supposed to be a mystery. What they're testing for in the very next scene. The next scene, yeah, and like. Why doesn't that? Why isn't that the like? 
that should be the end. That should happen at the end, and then actually, Voyager should show up and be I, like, what was that? Actually, I have the exact opposite opinion, where they should have found this out closer to the beginning of the episode. Huh. And then the rest of the episode... Can you imagine the human character drama you can get out of finding out that you're not real? You're not a yeah. real person. They kind of get into it, but... Barely. I, I, like Voyager, like all of Voyager, there's just something missing. Like, if this episode was a, an episode in another series, it might have even been a great episode. Yeah, I mean, this is... But in Voyager, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> the only character who feels any sort of, like, pain for not being the real person is Paris. Don't yeah. put all your fucking dramatic gravitas on Paris. What are you doing? Yeah, it kind of just reverts him back to annoying Paris, where yeah. he's just insubordinate and he's kind of a shithead. Which, like, you could get why, right? But also, like, I don't... It's like we're rehashing this again. Like, we're going through this yet again, right? Okay, here we go. Tom Paris is kind of a dickhead. Okay. There are a lot of, like, dramatic beats that are sluggish to appear. Like, yeah. the whole episode is, I would describe as, the pace of this episode is sluggish. It could use a lot of editing and to make it snappier and to make it... I, also, I know that it's kind of um, ironic that I'm complaining about a Star Trek episode being too slow. So that right. tells you how slow this episode actually is. Yeah, the, a, a lot gets lost in the... It, like... Like, it, it feels sort of like we're watching them suffer, but only just superficially, right? Like, yeah. they like slowly start to die, and you're like, uh, like they, come on. They suffer far more visually than they do, like, emotionally or, or like, psychically in any way. There's a part when Seven uh, is, like, fixing the... Toward the end, like, she's, like, fixing the warp core or whatever, and she's moving around perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, maybe it's her Borg shit. But, like, all that Borg shit's made out of that yeah, liquid crap. Yeah, it's also goo. So. Yeah, so it doesn't work, right? The it, concept sort of falls apart, literally, like the ship does. <laughs> like, uh, uh, t- talking about, like, plot points coming up sluggishly, the uh, the point that Janeway starts being like, oh, well, we're still going back to Earth. Yeah. There, from the time she first says that to the time anyone tells her that that's stupid because they're not from Earth and they can't right. survive there, it's like ten minutes. No, I know what you're saying, and I think you're right. Like, like they there should be a scene where where some of them start to remember who they were, right? Because they, they reference they only that. talk about it. Yeah, they reference it, but there should be some visual. I mean, it is a show, so show me. The scenes, right? <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Like, show me that. Like, Just that show would me be... a flashback to the fucking Silver Blood planet or whatever. <laughs> the demon planet yeah. sounds cool. It does sound yeah. dope as fuck, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I think the premise of this episode also um, gets gets kind of lost because like like you said, like they talk about an episode that happened like months ago and it's like yeah, are we really? Do we care about that episode? <laughs> like, is that a? Are we really caring? Like, is that a good one it's a, or it's what? A weird instance of like selective continuity, where suddenly yeah. like this happened and it matters to this episode, but it didn't right. matter up until now. 
Right. It's not like Picard was once a Borg. Like, that obviously matters, right? Like, that's a big deal. This is like, well, we went to a planet and this crazy Star Trek thing happened. Remember that last season when we did that? And it's like, yes. (laughs) Uh, Kind of. Yeah. Sort of. And that's fine, really, as long as you get a serviceable episode out of it, which you don't. It's such a, I think if you're listening to this and you think it's not really that bad of an episode, I can't really blame you. Yeah. Uh, it's all about how you, like, what expectations you come into it with. And you can sort of blame that on me if you'd like, if it makes you fucking feel better. Blame it on Jeff. You could, uh, I know. I totally. So I totally get why people love Voyager. But at the same time, I totally never need to see Voyager ever again. It's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the weirdest. It's the weirdest show. It's a, it's it's almost impressive how weird this show is. Like, how does this exist? Like, how can this episode make me feel two things? I, I simultaneously am like, all right, this is a pretty good episode. And then also I'm like, I don't care about the, a single fucking thing in this episode. <laughs> it's uh, I don't I give a shit about it. It's a pacing it. issue. Yeah. Like, it's a pacing issue, but it's also a presentation issue. Like, the thing that I came into this episode expecting, because I'd seen it before, but I'd kind of forgotten, which is how right. I, I come into almost every Star Trek episode. I've seen it before, yeah. but I kind of forgot. Right. Uh, I expected there to be some real human stakes to this episode, yeah. but it's so cold. It's like Rogue One. It's like the Rogue One of the Star Trek Voyager. It, it, like, I don't care about the characters, because we find out that they're not real. So who cares? They don't take any time to make you care about these characters who aren't the ones that we know. They, they're banking on us feeling for them because they look and think like the characters we know. Exactly. They're banking on you caring about them because in the beginning it's a trick because in the beginning you think that they're the characters. And then when that trick is dissolved, literally, Okay, so why aren't we... Where's Voyager? Like, where's the real Voyager, right? Like, I don't care about this fucking goo Voyager. Like, <laughs> Fuck it. E- even if, like... There are times in the episode where I do care about goo Voyager, but they don't push into that in any way. Like, there's there's a surface level, like... You feel some sort of, like, remorse for the loss of these, like, sentient beings. Yeah. But they don't push into that feeling in any way because it's so cold and calculated. Yeah, why is They're still trying to go full, like, TNG-style Starfleet, like, stoicism. Which is not how this episode should play out. Because these characters aren't the original characters. Like, if I found out that I wasn't the real Jeff, I don't know if I would continue pretending to be the real Jeff until I died. I feel like that would have a profound effect on me as a person. Well, it would become unavoidable, right? You'd have to face the reality at some point. And Janeway has a scene where she's, like, kind of sad, like, after Chakotay dies, where she sort of faces the reality. But, again, there's no push into that. There's no... I hate to say it, but this episode could have emotionally manipulated the fuck out of its audience and done a great job of doing that. That's what I mean. It could have been great. And and in a weird way, this is like 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 the Star Trek Twilight Zone episode, right? Which is totally fine. Like oh, I yeah, like I'm, that stuff. I'm big into that. Yeah. And that's that's great. It, but you're right. Uh, like it doesn't 
it needs some more spice. Like it, this is like a bland. <laughs> it needs something else. Like, like there needs to be a moment when, like, when Janeway realizes it, and 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 uh, Kate Mulgrew is really good in this episode. Like, really good. Uh, she's the only thing that gives this episode any sort of emotionality. She's always good, and like I'll stick up for oh, her yeah, always. Absolutely. But like, th- like you're, I think you're right, man. I think I think there needs to be a moment when she's like. Yeah, I, like I, I can't ignore that we aren't them, and like we're not them. Like we have to be. There's never a moment yeah. where they're like, we have to be ourselves, right? They, they all die pretending to be the people they were based on, right? Which is like, and there's that plot point that ruins that because if you, if you just have the whole episode play out the way it does, and everybody dies pretending to be the person that they're based on, there's, there's like an emotional core to that as well. These characters feel and think and react the same way as these characters we care about and seeing them die could be an emotional impact, but like most of them die off screen or like yeah, you a, don't really a machine just goes boop and they're dead. Yeah. You don't really like experience yeah. their deaths. And so they some of they them undercut do, that shit by saying a lot of the crew are starting to remember who they were before. Right. And they don't do anything with that what does they that do mean? put it in to undercut yeah. the fact that these characters all die pretending to be someone else yeah man this is such a weird episode yeah it's so weird and and like i'm feeling more talking about it now than i did watching it which is not good that's not a good <laughs> <laughs> well again i think it's important that we both have seen it before so the hits aren't as meaningful because I, I I I was like, wait, is this the episode where it's uh, seven and she has to pilot the ship through like that big expanse, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that isn't that or is that Enterprise? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but no, then it was uh, when when the wedding uh, in the beginning. I was like, oh, okay, I remember this fucking shit now. Yo, could you imagine? Because they were doing that fucking like will they won't they shit with Paris and Bellana for so yeah. long, and even when oh, they God. get together, they start like. Maybe we should break up. Maybe we it's shouldn't so be together. Stupid. It's and so dumb. And then this episode starts with a wedding, and then it turns yeah. out to be fake. Could you imagine how many stay-at-home moms were just fucking enraged? <laughs> Man, we're at almost at season six of this series at this point, right? We're yeah. late season five, and we're still fucking around with like a will they, won't they? Like, dude, guys, calm the fuck on. Come I, on. I think I've gone on record before saying that I don't like I don't like Paris as a character, but like there are some people who like virulently hate Paris, like with all their heart. It should have been uh Nick Lacarno. It would have been like that sounds stupid, right? Like that a name could like hold like like who cares about that guy, right? But like I I think having that smidgen of backstory would help his character immensely. Because at I least it would be that, yeah. it would be something, right? Uh, I don't hate him, but I I I he is annoying as shit. Yeah, I don't like him at all. I'll <laughs> yeah, say that like yeah. I don't like him at all. I don't hate him like like I don't I don't like a lot of characters in a different Star Treks. Like I guess that's not true. It's mostly just I don't like Wesley and I don't like Neelix. <laughs> that's Wesley the one thing I genuinely Neelix. don't like. Yeah, that's about it. And you hate uh, what's his name, the British guy from Enterprise, Reed. I don't. I just Reed. don't like Reed. 
very much. Like, I don't hate him. Like, I wouldn't put him on the same level as Neelix and Wesley. Neelix isn't even, like, bad in this this one. No, this is one of those episodes that I call, like, uh, Neelix Light, where he's not his normal self. He mostly just interacts like a normal person. Yeah, he's an idiot about the rice, though. He doesn't understand. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, he's an alien. Why would he understand? I was going to tweet from the M-Class Twitter, like, a picture of the rice and then, like, the picture of the bird man from the animated series. (laughs) I'd be like, this guy better watch out, but I don't think anyone would even get that at all. Well, I do that all the time. I make tweets that make no sense out of context unless you've watched the episode. Like, because rice rice kills the birds. Yeah. That's why they don't do it anymore. Because birds can't burp. I think that would have been funny. <laughs> well, it's it's too late. It's, well, actually, you have like a week to make that. Oh, tweet. I, I could I could do it like right now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if Josh made that tweet, then don't say anything about this part of the episode. Didn't happen. <laughs> Oh, God. You know what? I would like to thank, right here at the top of the show before we go into our first break, I'd like to thank our sponsor of the month, Balefire! Balefire! A chiptune metal band that, quote-unquote, sounds like the music you would hear from a van that has a wizard painted on the side of it. God damn, that rules. Which is, is cool as fuck. And uh, there's a commercial about to play for him, so open up your ear holes and get ready, because we'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the Wizard Colton Barbarian College. Los dioses de oro de Beofuego, músculos hechos de hierro, vinieron a nuestra tierra a llamar a nuestras... Ah, <sighs> this song sucks. We won't be able to summon Bellfire with this lame music. Dean Love Handle's going to hate this. Don't worry, kids. You just need to put the chutzpah on it. And by chutzpah, he means some real epic electric guitars. Just in case you were wondering, this is a real ass ass with some real ass heavy music ass. Remember, kids, the hit single, Two Mimics to Midnight, comes out on April 1st. Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp, and wherever you listen to your boring peasant music. Pay whatever you want, you'll buy it. Coward? Mills. Back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Make sure to go check out Bealfire! You'll get caught up in the bale fire. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. <laughs> okay, so I want everybody to mark this down as one of the most difficult recaps I've ever had to do for a show. Because I, I can't remember anything, anything. that happens. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we can, we're, let's just, we'll give it a shot here. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, and also, simultaneously, nothing to talk about. It's weird, isn't it? How it could be both at once? It's Schrodinger's topic. This <laughs> Schrodinger's Voyager episode. So, um, 
everybody's at a party and there's rice being passed out and you're like, ooh, what's happening? I am American, so I understand this. I know a wedding is happening. The doctor takes out, like, the giantest camera that's ever existed. Like a 1920s giant camera, but it's got doodads on it, so you know it's from the future. Yeah, you know how, like, we have cameras like that now, right? Where they're just, (laughs) they're like cameras, but they're giant. Because digital. It doesn't make any sense why he would have this giant camera in the future where everything is, like, pad-sized, but whatever. They couldn't... They didn't realize... My, I, I talk about this a lot with you, like, how they'll show, like, a desk and there'll be, like, 50 pads on it. It's like, why isn't there just one pad yeah, that has they 50 did, they tabs? They didn't realize that they would they get didn't enough know. memory yeah. to put it all on different pads. Yep. <laughs> um... And Commander Chakotay comes in with Bolana Torres, and they're like, oh, the wedding's about to start. And you're like, oh, yeah. he's giving her away. Isn't that cute? Wasn't there, like, weird romantic tension to begin with with them, but now he's her dad? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I've <laughs> seen porn recently. <laughs> Whoa. Um, <laughs> but she's marrying Tom Paris, which uh, seems like a mistake, but they exchange vows. That's, what, that's what Seven says. She says, they're idiots. I hate them. <laughs> and Tuvok is like, I agree. <laughs> Tuvok's like, you are right. <laughs> um, Harry Kim is playing the clarinet because that's all he does. And yep. um, they, he also makes like a really gross, loud comment. When, oh, I love this joke that he makes. It's like the funniest he's ever been, which is like it's still not very funny. Like she's like they've forgone uh pain sticks for a more yeah. traditional earth wedding and he yells out, They're saving the pain sticks for the wedding night. Yeah, and it's and everyone laughs and then he pushes it too far and he says, My pain stick is huge and then <laughs> and then some people they laugh like a little bit and then he goes my pain stick is my dick! And they're all like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, they get married. People, Somebody's been waiting for this to happen, not me. And Nobody cares, except for, yeah, like you said, someone's mom. As they're leaving, uh, everybody throws rice, and the rice falls through the floor. Oh, I could only think about how cool they thought this effect was. Yeah, they thought this, like, wavy effect that they were doing on everything was cool as fuck. It's like early-ass After Effects, and it's like, whoa, cool. They got the digital toaster fired up for this one. (laughs) What's crazy is that winged flying toaster flies by, like the screensaver. (laughs) Weird. Where'd that come from? The lady in the Tinkerbell costume comes out and wipes away. What's that one? <laughs> I don't remember that one. It's uh the lady who was like their spokesman. She's not she's just dressed in a dress and has like fake wings on, but she like comes oh. out and star wipes it away. <laughs> Kiki Stockhammer, I think was her name. Jesus Christ. You're like I'm really man. pulling the names out today. Like before we were recording, I was just fucking pulling them out to uh, You're like on a whole nother level. I'm, I'm, I'm just backseating. Well, that's normal for me though, right? No, now. no. La- laughing guy doesn't do. Jesus it. fucking Christ! <laughs> but yeah, the the decks are like distorting, and the rice is like falling through into Jeffrey's yeah. tubes. And uh, I didn't remember what episode this was, so I was like, "Oh God, the rice is tainted." Oh no! 
No, I remembered as soon as the wedding. I was like, right, I remember. Because I remember it was a trick. I was like, this is a trick. They're tricking me. And everybody's fucking psyched aboard Voyager, so you know things are about to go wrong. Yeah, they're like, our warp core rules now, and we're fucking gonna go home in two years. Which and is you're it? like, how? Like, what happened? How did they yeah. get here? How? What? Janeway is, like, making some Janeway-ass decisions, where she's like, actually, we should go a couple months out of our way to do some science on the way home. I'd be so The crew pissed. won't mind. Yeah, she's like, do you think they'll mutiny? Which is funny, because later they almost do. Yeah, and Chakotay is like, no, no, I think they'll be excited for it. And I'm like, Chakotay, you're full of shit. Everybody wants to go home. What are you talking about? I would legit be like, are you out of your mind right now? (laughs) Yeah, are you fucking kidding me? I would literally suck a Borg's dick to get home right now. And we do. And we will do that. (laughs) Uh, Neelix is being a bit of a creeper. He's like, Tom, I got you, uh, this, uh, this honeymoon suite for the holodeck where the waves cause aphrodisiac waves to hit your pee-pee and make it hard. <laughs> yeah, and then Tom Paris is like, just, just so you know, Neelix, my dick works totally fine. Yeah, just so you and I know, I fuck my wife, okay? <laughs> Let me show you a picture. <laughs> Of me thinking about fucking my wife. <laughs> see, see, the penis is engorged with blood. It works fine. Our, hum- our human penises fill with blood. You can see here in my uniform in this picture I'm showing. <laughs> and you. Neelix is like, "Wait, where are the mandibles? What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, where's your merkin? <laughs> merkin. Um, but like." Uh, Paris is like, no, my PP works, and we're gonna take our honeymoon in Chicago in the 1920s because Bellana would give yeah. a fuck about that, right? 1928, and I, uh, the first thing I thought was, man, you know where I would want to go on my honeymoon? A place where people were jumping out of buildings because they lost everything. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, he's. Uh, I just like. I wonder if Tom Paris knows that no one else gives a fuck about his like weird he history care. fetish. He's like he's like every fucking nerd ever, right? He's just like I don't care. <laughs> I'm wife's doing my go nerd on shit. My honeymoon. Yeah. We're gonna go to Anime Con. My wife will love it. She fuck. Belana Torres would probably do better at Anime Con than she would in 1920 Chicago. Yeah, 1920 Chicago's not great. <laughs> no, it's, it's not great. But I guess it's like a Star Trek-y, holodeck, watered-down version. Sure, right? it's supposed to be like uh, fucking The Great Gatsby, like yeah, right. opulence and excess and whatnot. Yeah. No racism. Must be nice. Yeah, <laughs> what's that like? Uh, Bellana <laughs> and Seven of Nine are like down in engineering. Bellana does not trust Seven of Nine to take over for her for some reason. Yeah, she's, like, literally a cyborg, and, like, she, like, flew a ship with her brain. I I love this stuff, it's continuously, like, you don't have to tell me things I already know. I already have this information. You're just telling me something I already know. I think Seven is great in that respect, because she is, like, the inner monologue of, like, every job anyone's ever had, right? When When someone's telling you, and you're like, yeah, no, I know. They uh, they pick up some sort of uh, strange readings in a in a me tube. The tubes a, they named after me. A Jeff tube. Jeff tube. 
Everybody get into my Jeff tube. That's what I say. <laughs> um, but like that's when, his butt. When they uh, shh, when they go to <laughs> investigate the Jeffrey's tube, um, seven of nine is like, why would I limit myself to one person to fuck? What are you? Dude, it's great, man. It's a great conversation. He's like, it like, makes no sense. Like, I'm supposed to socialize with as many people as I can, and you're, like, limiting yourself to one person. Yeah, and she's like, being romantically involved with one person, that sounds like the fastest way to monotony. <laughs> yeah, and <Balan> is, like, <laughs> trying to explain that, like, this doesn't mean that she can't speak to anyone ever again, right. but, like, Seven like, is just not paying attention. She's Seven's like, into that free love, dude. She's polyamorous. <laughs> Uh, she, she doesn't fuck anybody, though, that I know of. She doesn't need to. She's a Borg. She probably just, like, has the nanobots do it. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, when do I... Oh, I'm getting a vaccine soon, so I'll have them in me. I'll have the nanobots in me soon. <laughs> just gotta reprogram them telepathy-wise to go down on you for you. Uh, but the thing is that Jeffrey's tube is losing molecular cohesion, which they seem... A little surprised by, I think I would piss pants immediately if I thought the ship was just coming apart molecularly. Yeah, if the atoms aren't sticking together anymore, I'd be like, um, so let's fix this, like, immediately. (laughs) Yeah, this is probably the worst thing that could ever happen, so let's do something to fix it. Yeah, it's like finding out your house is gonna collapse. That would be horrible. Uh, they have, like, the new enhanced warp drive that they were talking about earlier, which we don't know where it came from, and I don't think we ever really learned. I don't... I was trying to remember. I could be wrong, but I thought it... Like, they get some kind of information from something, and they, like, make their warp drive better. I think it's in an episode, but it's... Again, it's Voyager, so it's, like, one of those, like, and then we've made this happen, right? Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, oh, okay, and then it comes back later. I don't know. I could but, be wrong about uh, that. Their new enhanced warp drive is like spreading radiation at like a ridiculous level, and it's causing the like molecular bonds to completely break down in uh, engineering, and it's spreading outwards. Speaking of breaking down, this is where the episode starts to break down. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking got him! Take that, Potsy! You because idiot! How do they not know what their ship is made out of? <laughs> Yeah, well, like, <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing about this episode is, like, how long have they been out here flying around? Has it only been, like, a week or two? And they just It's don't been remember? months! It's like, it's like a year! It's like a year! Yeah, they talk about picking stuff up along the way. It's yeah, they, like they have missions. Yeah. Jeez. They go back, like, eight and a half months, eleven months, I think they talk. It's like, what the fuck? And they're talking about all these, like, instances of missions that we haven't seen. Right. Um, until they get to the one we did, but we'll get to that. Um, they they ran a bunch of simulations before, and the, the like, radiation wasn't causing a problem. Right. Because it shouldn't in the physicality of the real Voyager. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. It wouldn't matter. But it's actually made out of jam. Because jelly it's don't out, like It's made out of... It's made out of T one thousand, so I guess that matters. It's made out of Odo, is what it's made out of. It's the same special effects. <laughs> well, then why don't they just put Voyager in a bag and then continue on their way? <laughs> uh, they shut the warp core down, but the problem persists. Like it's still spreading, and they can't figure out why. 
Yeah, they also... Is this right when they find out, like, oh, everybody who is next to this thing is gonna fucking die? No, they don't find that out just yet. They, uh... Oh. They send Torres to, like, find the cause. Like, Torres, That's fix right. this problem for me. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Then you can go on your fuck honeymoon. She, uh, your fucky moon? Your fucky moon. They, uh... They, like, examine the Warpfield schematics. They... There's like nothing in it that should cause this, so they can't find a solution because they don't know what the problem is. So Torres goes back to her quarters and she says, Oh, it's cold. It's cold in here, dog. Burr, burr. Turn up the heat. She and says five degrees up. And, and that's when I was like, Well, which degrees is it? Celsius? Is that where or it fell what? apart for you? <laughs> that's, that, that's when I said, oh, This is unwatchable. I was like, I can't watch this. <laughs> I need to know if it's Fahrenheit, because 5 degrees Fahrenheit and 5 degrees Celsius are two totally different things. It's true. Um, 5 degrees Celsius is like, you might as well just like go to a different room. Like, it's totally, it's way drastic. 5 degrees Fahrenheit, not so drastic. Um, I'm sorry that the show fell apart for you there. I need to know. <laughs> I require consistency. She uh, she goes and checks herself in the mirror, and there's just like she's got this gross ass acne right before the big dance. <laughs> Tom isn't gonna want to fuck me on our fucky moon because I have as like boogers on my face. This looks uh, it's not the best special effects for like the the shit on their face. You kind of get the feeling that they were trying to go for that like first contact when Picard has that Borg thing come out of his cheek. Yeah. But they didn't have the movie budget, so they were like, I don't know, make it, like, gross looking. Like, later in the episode, they have these, like, prosthetics that are on part of their face, and you can see the line in long yeah. shots. It looks, it looks like old Star Trek, like TOS yeah. Star Trek, yeah. Um, which is, I don't really give a shit about no, like, no, how good the special effects are or anything, but um, yeah. Tom Paris comes back to the room... And uh, Bellana is like on the ground, like shaking. Yeah, she's cold. And so Tom takes her to sick bay, and there are other people who are already there with the shit all over their faces. And the doctor's like, "Looks like we got an epidemic on our hands." And I was, and then like, I got PTS because I was yeah, like, "Oh god!" Exactly. I was like, "This hit too close to home." No, <laughs> oh, I don't like that. I've already lived through that. <laughs> Uh, this is a moment that made me kind of chuckle. The doctor's like, oh, I, I've run tests, and it looks like uh, they're dying of acute cellular degradation. <laughs> Super cancer. <laughs> like, like, it's acute meningitis or something. Like, their cells are breaking apart. That's yeah. not, like, medical <laughs> science. Yeah, like, I... Uh, how, again, again, how do they not know what they are made out of? It's true. Like later I in don't the episode, get it. they they say like if I didn't know what to scan for, but like every time you scan somebody, it should be like this shit's wrong. This is not what you're supposed to be made. Yeah, out shouldn't of. it tell them they're made out of that that dot, whatever that D word is that they throw dio whatever. Like, shouldn't the scanner be like, there's this in it? Oh, dichromate. Yeah, dichromates. I have no idea. Or or is it because like they're baseline has that like i'm thinking about this way too much and it's a stupid. lot more than the writer did <laughs> it's stupid because i i guess i'm just supposed to be like oh whatever <laughs> right but i don't know this whole episode is sort of like that with everything you're supposed to just yeah. sort of hand wave it and be like ah oh, whatever 
You get you get a few of those, but they can't be big. And this one, I feel like, is slightly larger than normal, yeah. right? Like, like the the everybody on board is dying of uh, falling apart molecularly. Yeah, <laughs> including the captain. Like, it's not just it started out in engineering, but it's um, let's start at the bottom. Now we're here. Uh, moving on up, moving on up. <laughs> Started at the bottom, now we're something fucking here. Fucking? He says fuck, I think. That sounds about right. <laughs> um, They're trying to, like, investigate, like, what all has been affected by the cellular degradation, and they find out that everything they've replicated is falling apart from the same degradation, but anything they brought on board is fine. Right, because that's not, it's not, it's real. That stuff's real. Yeah. Let's just say real and not real, even though that's not accurate, but our language doesn't uh, allow for, right? Like, the the replicators are making goo stuff, and the other stuff's not goo stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's all making shit that's made of, like, dichromate and shit. T-1000s. Silver blood is what they call it. The silver blood. Yeah biomimetic life forms. But um they like Chakotay and Tuvok are like, well it's up to us to solve this mystery. Go team. Go team venture. <laughs> and they hardy boys their way through the backlog of what they've been up to for yeah. the last year. Yeah. And it's like I love the logic here, meaning I hate the logic here. <laughs> They're like, uh, well, we did this one time. This thing happened on a planet, uh, but that's not it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, they oh, really wow. just hand wave it away over and over. How again. how would you know though? There's <laughs> like, literally a moment that's like insane where Tuvok is like, they, we were boarded and these this alien race <laughs> yeah. tried to take us over, and Chicote's like, and they failed. Next, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like it's like he's like. Still pissed about it, but he's also like, "We fucking won. Fuck you." Next, it's like yeah, they what couldn't the have hell? done this, but you didn't even look into it. Yeah, you have no idea. Maybe they like did like maybe they put like a bomb on the ship that makes it do that. Like who knows, right? Like yeah, they didn't even look into it. They just moved on. Yep, that's not it. Uh, Tom Paris goes to see Belana Torres in sick bay, and she's like barely awake or whatever but he starts telling her about like uh we got this great honeymoon coming up at the graystone hotel in chicago yeah we're gonna go to a speakeasy we're gonna watch uh uh uh, what's his name scarface is gonna execute some people (laughs) (laughs) it's weirdly on valentine's day and it's in a warehouse i don't know (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna watch the people leaping from the buildings going to be so romantic. I'm going to watch a little kid try to sell pencils to me because he's so poor and he's starving to death. Yeah, and then uh, for some reason, Belana Torres dies just <laughs> then. This is like the this is like really where the show falls apart, right? Dude, this is like the the most incorrect reaction to like your wife dying. Like yeah. everybody has been in love. At some point in their lives, whether it was reciprocated or not, I'm sorry. But yes, I am also a human. I've been in love. <laughs> like, if someone you love dies right in front of you, you yeah. don't just go no, no. 
<laughs> yeah, he tries to like save her still. It, it, it's like okay. Like at this point, you you think that this is the real Bolana, yeah. right? You don't know what's happening yet, right? Which like upon first viewing, I'm trying to like put myself there, like. You're like, oh shit, like she's it's fucking a, it's dead. A, it's an editing thing as well. Like, I talk about this episode being sluggish. Like, she dies and he just kind of stares blank faced for a second. Yeah. And then he goes, well, let's bring, let's bring up the cortisol levels or whatever. And the doctor's like, it's not going to do anything. And he's, yeah. he's like, well, I'll pop him up again or whatever. But he's not putting, I'm putting more emphasis, emphasis into it than he is. Well, you gotta remember Potsy directed this. It's true. Potsy was like, where's Ralph Mouth? I don't understand. <laughs> We're getting the acting uh, critique of Potsy here. So. It's true, but like, it's just, it's such a weird, awkward scene because like, he doesn't get to the point where he's emotional until like three or four minutes past when he should have been emotional. And yeah. then it ends so quickly. Like, he's just like, no, I have to do something. And the doctor's yeah. like, well, you got to leave so I can do an autopsy. <laughs> yeah, the doctor's just like, we have to cut her open. And it's like, yeah. bro, like, and what he's the just fuck? Like, he's just like, oh, okay, okay. I'll go watch TV. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> he's nowhere near as broken up about this as he should be. Like, in the next scene, he's just kind of a dick. He's like, where, yeah. where where's our our new heading where are we going yeah he's like he it's just an excuse for him to revert back to like shitty tom paris right yeah. like and they love that and it, and i think that's like part of the reason why voyager is so frustrating is because a character will take a step forward and then take two steps back right that's true and then they have to take another step forward to get back to where we already were and it's like that's fucking exhausting to watch that is very true. That's like one of the one of the faults of Voyager. Like Voyager is like it's the it's the series of Star Trek that makes me like the saddest when I think about it because it had so much potential and I've gone over this a million times yeah. so I won't again, but like there are some parts that really do live up to that potential, but this is not one of them. Yeah, and and not only that, but like then you find out that these aren't even the real characters, and it's like, well, then I don't give a single fuck about Tom Paris being shitty again, and it's not even him. <laughs> like, there's like, and and that's not the fault of. I'm I'm hearing people right now in the audience who are being like, well, that's just because you're not you're not like a person who has like a lot of emotional resonance or whatever. Like you don't have empathy and that's why that's the show has to instill (laughs) a desire for empathy for these characters into you. Right. You have to do that. Like I watched, um, the movie Leviathan the other day. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie? No. It starts like Peter Weller and it's about like people who were on like, uh, a sea lab but it's yes. like a mining operation. Yes. And I remember this movie. Like, yes. the thing gets in there, basically. Underwater the thing. It's underwater the thing. And, like, that movie does a... It has a very low score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. And though I enjoyed the movie for what it was, it does a very poor job of instilling empathy in you for these characters because they're all assholes. Yeah, they're dicks. Yeah. 
And uh, this episode does something similar where all the characters are so bland. Like, they're more bland than the standard version of these characters, even. Right. And No, I yeah, I hear you. I, I, I agree. I think that, you know, I, I think that even the perception of them not being the real Janeway, Chakotay, Paris, like, I think the just knowing that takes away from any emotionality that they do have. And they could instill that empathy in you or, like, make you want to empathize with these characters anyway is a better way to put it. They could have done that by making them their own characters. Yeah, there needs to be, like... And I know that there's, like, the rest of this episode is just monologues, basically, right? Basically, like, yeah. And, like, I know that there are, are parts where they're like, well, like, who are we? Like, are are you... You know, Janeway's like, I'm... I'm the same person I was yesterday, which is crazy. But <laughs> like the thing is, like you know, no, you're not. You're not. Yeah. Like like you said earlier. Like if you woke up tomorrow and you were like a goo Jeff, you'd be like, well, fuck. Yeah. In a way, would, it would be freeing. That right? would like in a way it would be freeing, but in another way it would like it could dis- it should emotionally wreck you at least for a while. Yeah, it's ego destroying. But it, it would destroy your ego. It doesn't happen to anyone. The closest it comes is again Kate Mulgrew trying to save the day with her acting. Right. Is when she sort of breaks down and says to head for the demon planet. Later. Right to go back, which uh, they've wasted so much time at yes. this point. Which is also weird, because it's like, these these weird goo people, like, they're like a bad copy of, the, of real Janeway. Like, would real Janeway have done that? Dude, here's the wildest thing. There is a story that I may have talked about on this show before in uh, the, the manga Mega Man Mega Mix. Called The Greatest I, Enemy Yet Faced. I cannot wait to see where this is going. <laughs> where the story starts out and Mega Man like shoots Dr. Wily through the head when he saves That's awesome. It. And it turns out it's like a fake Dr. Wily that was put there so he can escape. But Dr. Wily's like, what the fuck? Like, why would Mega Man do that? And he sort of yeah. like smiles and realizes. And we're not told for a while that that isn't the real Mega Man. It's a copy Mega Man that he okay. made that has gone gotten loose. And he thinks he's the real Mega Man. Right. And he thinks what he's doing is right. Like Bizarro Superman. But not like Bizarro Superman because he's not like animalistic or dumb. He's just as smart. And ju- he's he fully Mega Man except his like yeah. personality has been tweaked a little bit. So he thinks more extreme measures. Right. And when he finds out he's the fake, he breaks fucking down fully. And you as a reader feel for this, like, dude who was just trying to blow up a city. Right. Yeah. And it's a story about Mega Man. Right. It's, yeah. this show couldn't do that for us? (laughs) It's just misplaced energy? Like, misplaced time i i I don't know i I don't know it's a sluggishness issue for me like if this was tightened up and certain things were extended and other things were shrunk like i think the search like the the whole debate about whether they should go back to the class y planet is purposeless it's purposeless it adds anything to the episode it's also repetitive like when they go to dinner when when chakotay and janeway go eat dinner with each other and 
and there there's obviously a conflict there and Chakotay's like look like we aren't them like we have to yeah. go home and to we like, just uh, had the scene before that we with just Harris had and Kim yes, yes. And, and then right afterwards we have another scene with Janeway and Chakotay where they do the same exact thing and Janeway, Chakotay dies Janeway should go uh totally first contact Picard and go no like she should freak yeah. out like because like it needs there needs to be a, a climax there needs to be a crescendo and there, there isn't, isn't that they just fade out one yeah. by one they literally like, just dissolve and it's so boring you can do that and make it genuinely emotional like the only emotional death in the entire episode is again Kate Mulgrew when yeah. she dies as Janeway she gives her last orders and like Neelix finds her dead yeah and that's and then that we got 15 more minutes better. Then we got 15 more minutes of the show. Yeah, where Harry Kim is in charge, and he just sort of does Starfleet things until they dissolve. I I, I don't... I don't... Man, it's it's simultaneously boring and depressing. Yes. Like, how is that of... What what German word is that? <laughs> right? Like, what emotional... It's true. Like, <laughs> do they have a word for that? Because I don't think we do. Like, what is that? No, I think we just flocking, flocking. <laughs> I think we just failed at doing a recap because we did just start jumping around talking about parts that I don't want to go through again. So I think we failed doing a recap. I, I, did, <laughs> did we just fade out? Yeah, are we mean, just faded out. Are we the goofy? We are the goofy people. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but it's it, a lot of it is just like them, you know. Talking about, like, some of them want to go back to the demon planet. Uh, they fucking... They, they they try to find a Class Y planet, right? Like, which apparently will help them. And then they, they run yeah, into a that's ship. Another, that's another scientific discrepancy in this episode, of which there I'm sure there are many. But the one that really stood out to me and bothered me was they reset the atmosphere in Voyager to be a class Y planet. Why would that be different than being on a class Y planet? Yeah, why would you need to be on the... I didn't even think about that. That's a great that point. That should have fixed it. <laughs> it should have. But I guess if your ship is made out of goo... But why is the ship made out of goo? Like, the ship being made out of goo is whatever, but, like, if you change the environment inside the ship to class Y, if it recreates it correctly, which it right. seemingly does, they don't say anything about it not then it should have started fixing everything. At least on the inside. Like, maybe the outside still has that problem. Yeah, I guess I guess the idea... I'm not defending it, because I agree. But I guess the idea is, like, the ship is the problem, right? Yeah. Like, but at that point, there would be... Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you realize that there wouldn't be uh, a, a difference between you and the ship? Yeah, like you would that, think so. At that point, there's no difference. And I guess that, that could be said about like our reality, too. Like, what's the difference between sure. me and a table, right? It's all the same atoms. It's the same whatever. type of shit, yeah. The, speaking on the fact that like there's no emotional stakes in this episode, uh, I missed Chakotay's death scene entirely because <laughs> I looked down at my phone. Yeah, he he just <laughs> he had like an eye doctor appointment that day, and they just they were like, "Okay, well, just, you're done." They're having a conversation, and they're sort of like getting a little heated, and then Chakotay's fucking, "I'm coming, Elizabeth, I'm coming," yeah. and <laughs> like 
uh, I look down at my phone and I look back up and Janeway is like all ch- in the fucking seat on the yeah. bridge saying that Chakotay died. Like I missed the whole scene. Yeah, it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter. And like I look down for a fraction of a second. That's not how long a character's death scene, a main character's death scene should be. It's like it's like when they were editing it or writing it or shooting it. It's like they knew that it do- it didn't matter. And maybe that's maybe that's what we're feeling. Maybe we're feeling that like that like it do- like none of this really is a real story about Voyager, so who cares? I don't know, man. I I, th- I can't I explain it. I think that that's Definitely, like, you've mentioned it a few times that you feel that way. That because it's not really the Voyager characters that it completely cheapens and ruins the whole stakes of the story. Only because, I can see exactly where you're coming from. Only because the, 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 the trick is shown to us. It, it shouldn't have been true. shown to us. It's probably true. There would be a lot more stakes in the episode if we didn't know why this was happening. If they didn't know the what was going end. on, yeah, like... That would that would be great. I'd be like, whoa, that's so yeah. fucking Twilight Zone. That's crazy. Like it's a failure in acting to me. It's probably it's a failure in writing first and then acting second. Yeah. Because like I said, you could create so much emotional resonance with the audience over this. Like these people are fading away and they just won't exist anymore. And they try and play that in the last five minutes with Harry Kim. But it's way too late for that, and that's so underdone. I'll tell you why um, I think what I'm saying is right. <laughs> do, do tell. And I, and I agree I agree with you also. Um, I think because at the end, when it's real Janeway, and she has that, like, she does a really good job, and she has that look of, like, like, what? Like, do I, like, what is that? Like, like her acting as real Janeway immediately propels that scene to like because she is the real one like there are rules in this world right and when you break the rules in any story you throw the story out the window like i don't like like I, i i've said rogue one a bunch and like i know people fucking love rogue one but it's like i don't give a shit about these people (laughs) like and yeah i mean who are these people again like a movie can introduce a cast of characters to you and make you care about them. Rogue One did not do that. Yeah. This episode doesn't do this with these goo people because they, the writers themselves are treating these characters like they're the original versions, but they're right. not. And but they're sh- not. The whole episode should have been treated differently because of it. I think, yeah, I think, you, like you said earlier, I think you either have them realize earlier and have it not be this like half-assed reveal or like I said you do it at the end where yeah. maybe maybe Voyager finds them and it's another Voyager and they're like what the fuck <laughs> right yeah like the last people who were fading out like that would yeah. be that would be a great ending if like Harry Kim or somebody I would rather it be Janeway be the last one alive right. to yeah, be honest. Me, like, me too. She's like dying in her chair and the real Voyager shows up and right. like hails them. And yeah. like the real Janeway comes on screen as like the fake Janeway's eyes finally close. That would be amazing. 
That would be and a then, great ending. And then vo- the real Voyager figures it out, and they're like, yeah. what the fuck, right? Yeah, it's the silver blood from the demon yeah. planet is what caused this. And, like, Janeway could give, like, a little soliloquy at the end for them. Like, you know, like, uh, I couldn't yeah. imagine what it would be like to find out that you're yeah. not real. And you have a time limit so close, you know, like... Yeah, and she could, yeah, and she could be like, you know, they were on their own mission. Like, they did their own... Like, think about all the things they experienced. It would just give it more meaning. Like Absolutely. But instead, <laughs> they just show up and it's a puddle of crap in space. And they're like, I don't know what it is. I don't know. <laughs> they're like, put it in the log. It's like, this it's is like, fucking depressing, man. And it's like, they talk about, oh, there was a distress signal that we followed. They should know that it's a Starfleet distre- distress yeah, signal. they should. Right. But they just don't because that would that would add fucking emotion to the episode. They can't do that, so they just don't know. Why didn't they? Why didn't they say like, "Oh, it's a Starfleet distress signal," and then they yeah. get there and it's a puddle? And what? Like, why don't they say like, "Is Starfleet trying to contact us?" Like, what? Like, what's happening? Like, they they get rid of all of that because that would create emotional stakes for the audience. Like, we would feel something, and they couldn't have that. <laughs> they don't. They don't go full on enough in Voyager. They never seem to uh, like juke when they should have jived, right? Like they, they're always like a step off. Like sure, like the thing that I'm thinking about right now is like um, there's always that emotional gut punch. Yeah, that Star Trek can do so well that just never seems to happen in this episode. Yeah, like think about the inner light. Yeah, the gut punch in the inner light isn't Picard waking up or his planet, the planet being destroyed in the simulation, or Picard right. waking up. It's the emotional after that. gut punch is yes. him in his room yes. playing the flute. Yes, this yes. is that's what this episode needed. Besides, like you know, better writing and better acting, <laughs> is it needed? a gut punch to really yeah. seal home. And that could have been Janeway's soliloquy for them at the end. Yeah. It, you know, maybe, maybe they find. So, so, so the pro <laughs> we totally fucking skipped all this shit, yeah, but I'm they, not, I'm not going back for this. They, <laughs> they make like a probe. Cause they, they're like, well, we need to put all of our logs and stuff in a probe, and but they don't, down. they don't think enough to make the probe out of something that they picked up that isn't made out of goo, which is dumb as shit. Yes. So, like, what you're saying, like, maybe, like, just like the inner light, like, maybe they make the probe out of, like, something metallic, like, real metal, and then Voyager finds it, and they're like, what the hell? And it's like, it's like Janeway is watching it in her quarters alone or something like, like something, any fucking anything, right? Like anything other than what happened. Like that could have been like a really great ending is like, we see the goo Jane way, like doing the, like, um, she's finishing the, the like log to send off and the probe. And we only get to hear the last few words. And it's like, uh, Hopefully you make it home or something. Right. I like I like your what you said better. I like like that she dies and then that's the last thing she sees. I like that. 
but like having having like Jane, if you end the episode with Janeway in her quarters, and yeah. the the soliloquy, quote unquote, like the end monologue, is the other is Janeway from yes. Goo Janeway. Yes, yes, yes. And the real Janeway just watches it, and maybe like a tear rolls down her face. Yeah, yeah. And you feel because she feels like she, like Goo Janeway should also be like, I fucked up. I should have listened to my crew. Uh, yeah. We could have so gotten the real home. Janeway learns a lesson yeah. that has some sort of bearing on the rest of the show. Yeah. Except, no, we don't get that. Why would that be a thing? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, I think it's about time to hear from Balefire! Oh, fucking Balefire! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be sad when they're not our sponsor anymore because I like screaming that. <laughs> Uh, we'll be right back after these Balefire messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Dude, I wish I could be a wizard. I wish it was a barbarian. We're a barbarian. Do you want to do rad shit? Fight dragons and meet local milfs in your area? Totally. You think you've got what it takes to be a bard and a barbarian? Yeah! Then do we have a cult slash college for you? Is there federal aid? No! Balefire! Look for Balefire wherever you listen to much lamer music! iTunes! Spotify! Bandcamp! Local skate park! Your grandma's house! Maybe she could be my girlfriend! Don't forget our socials! 42069! Not that one! The website, you silly boy! I'm a man! I'm 40! Twitter and Instagram! At Summon Balefire! Come on, kids, it's time to go! Get into the van with the wizard painted on it! It's behind the Arby's! Why are we at Arby's? I've got the meats! Totally rad! Welcome back from those bale fire. Ow, my fucking titties! Messages. Uh, this episode, we were just talking about how this episode has uh, a framework that is really... It's, it's like something that should have been used a lot better because it's actually a really good framework for a story. Yeah, this could be a great... Like I said earlier, if this was a different... Um, show a different star trek show this this could have been a great great episode like a great one it's it's like um there's there's always the problem and it's a recurring problem in voyager that i i hate to talk bad on voyager because there's so much worse star trek now oh yeah no like but i agree voyager's problem like a continuing problem that it keeps running into is that uh, a lot of the characters don't have very strong personalities. Yeah. That really stick with you. And I think, like I said before, this episode could really benefit from distinguishing these goo people's personalities now that they've been through a year, you know, of thinking that they're these characters and now they know they're not. Yeah. I, I feel like that would be kind of like fixing the tires on your car when your suspension is broken, though. Because, like, the characters already don't... Like, the characters of Voyager already aren't that great, right? Yeah. And I think that's the big... That's the real problem here. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You're right. I think it's both. For sure. I think, I think you're, you're absolutely right, too. Like, they need to distinguish these... But, like, why start now? <laughs> right? Fully, like just fully fillet each other. We're both right. <laughs> I mean... We there, might get some more patrons if we do that. That's true. We just start an OnlyFans. Oh, let's do OnlyFans. Complimenting each other. Jeff, you're you're a 
opinions about this episode are so good. Oh man, your opinions are so big and throbbing. I hope your uh, opinions <laughs> enter my butt. <laughs> yeah, Not my innocent butt. Like Janeway has a strong character and Seven of Nine has a strong character, the Doctor has a strong character, yeah. Tuvok, but like this episode focuses far more on like Tom Paris, Harry Kim, Chakotay. Exactly. That's and- that's what I mean when I think the show itself it it does it moves the wrong way when it needs to move the other way, right? Oh, like, yeah. why are you not focusing on the good parts of your show? I don't understand. Is, I was don't this get in, it. Was this in Robert Beltran's contract as well? <laughs> the- <laughs> yeah. Does he need to be in the episodes all the time? Right? Like, why not go for like a like a TOS? Uh, power group like three like a triumvirate right sure. like janeway tuvok and fucking seven or what you know whatever there's definitely like a hierarchy amongst all the characters as well like from good to bad and chakotay is above tom paris and harry kim oh yeah like he's as a character he's like fa- he's like fairly charming and- yeah he's not bad but he's uh, also he doesn't have a lot to him besides that like they they yeah. Thankfully, it turns out, don't get too deep into his, like, Native American spirituality since a white dude was just telling them horse shit behind the scenes about what it was. Yeah, that could have been a, a, yeah. But if they actually had a Native American (laughs) person doing it, they should have gotten a little bit more into that, and that would have been... That That would be so great. Yeah. That would be so great. Um... And they they could talk about... I mean, they kind of talk about, uh... They they dilute it by them being Maquis, right? Like, True. His tribe is now Maquis, which is it's, a little like, ugh. It's, it's like, um, they run into all these things in space, in Voyager, where these people have their own spiritual beliefs, or they run into this, like, spiritual thing, like, uh, gods or goddesses or something, like, made right. real... Right. And Chakotay really could have functioned extremely well as a bridge between like the science and logic yeah. and understanding of Starfleet and like the spirituality and understanding of that type of world. Of like nature or nature yeah. and so yeah. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't really do that. <laughs> no, he's he's just like Diet Riker, where he's just yes. like I'm he's- kind of charming. He's he's charming and he he smiles and he'll make a quip. He's really yeah. he is Diet Riker, which is a disservice. It's a disservice to the character. I, I guess it. I guess this is the 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 mantra of Voyager. It could be worse. It could be a lot worse. That's <laughs> right? True. Like, I guess I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I've I've yet to see any episode of Voyager that focuses on Tuvok in any way that I didn't like. Tuvok is my favorite yeah. Voyager character. Especially when he gets the fuck sickness and he's got to fuck his hollow wife. <laughs> and then they, like, show him just full doggy style longmiring his, do- his hollow wife. Full longmiring. <laughs> he, do- he dongmires the shit out of her. Uh, love Tuvok. Love his longmire. Um, <laughs> I love Janeway. Any episode that's very Janeway-centric. That's something that, like... I think Voyager kind of suffers from as well. Now that I'm, we're just picking apart the whole fucking series again, like always, just well, this shut is it the, off, everybody. <laughs> uh, 
Go to Patreon first, though. The uh, the thing the thing that I was saying about Voyager that like it suffers from is that there aren't enough episodes that are all about Janeway. That exactly. Focus on that's, her as a character. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's almost like there, like you said, there's a hierarchy of characters, right? And it's like they they create this divide where like Tuvok and Janeway. And even to a certain extent, uh, Chakotay, like they're like the parents. Yes, <laughs> and they they like, but the show is about the kids, right? Like yeah, the show is about like even like Belana Torres is like the best of the kids, probably. Right, she's like, the older say. sister. She's the Lara Winslow, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, like she's she's like competent. Like and, she she's like fully competent. And but Neelix like, is the Urkel. Neelix is Urkel. Except Urkel's great, and I love him. <laughs> I wouldn't put that on Urkel. I love Urkel. I love Urkel too much. Have you ever seen that dude dunk? Holy shit. <laughs> but uh, Neelix couldn't dunk if his life fucking depended on it. <laughs> I remember when Jaleel White did the Rock and Jock basketball games on MTV, and he was great. He was oh, really yeah. good at he's basketball. A, he's, a, he's a real baller. He's like, good. He fucking yeah. killed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Neil, Ethan Phillips could never. <laughs> no, Ethan Phillips can't. He's too short. Um, I'm I'm always shocked when I see Jalil White these days, and he's like fucking shredded. He looks great. Like, he looks really great. He does. He's a couple years older than me. He looks really good. And like I I see him, and I'm like, this dude played Urkel and Sonic. This is the guy. Yeah. Well, like toward the end of uh, Family Matters, it was getting to the point where it's like, ah, uh, we can't make this guy be Urkel anymore. It's true. Like, like we need to make more episodes where he's Stefan Urkel. Yeah, like this guy is ripped, and he's like seven feet tall. He's like wearing these like tight like hiked yeah. pants and shirts, and he's just ripped. He just looks. See. He looks amazing. He looks like fucking like. Like Larry Johnson, like Grandmama, when Grandmama, you know, like his like oh, yeah. arms are jacked up, right? Like Julia White, if you're out there, call us, dude. I love you, Julia White. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say it right now, Family Matters way better than Full House. Oh yeah, there's no fucking comparison, no doubt, man. no doubt. Family Matters is like one of the like top five sitcoms of all time. That it's show is so fucking so great. good. Do you know it's a spinoff? Uh, what is it a spinoff of? Perfect Strangers. Oh my god! Was uh the Harriet Winslow worked at the that's right um, the newspaper. Oh my god! Cousin Larry worked at. Oh my fucking god! You just blew my fucking mind. They're like half of our audience is like, what in the fuck are they talking about? Dude, half of our audience <laughs> wasn't even. Formed in their daddy's balls yet no. when this shit came out. No. That's fine. That's Go fine. back and watch Family Matters. I'm sure it's still perfect, even if you never yeah. have no nostalgia. Urkel rocket ships to the fucking uh <laughs> Yeah, he rocket ships to San Francisco from Chicago No, he goes He goes to uh what was the other show? Step by step. He, oh, he rocket ships step to by step. step by step. Yeah. But he visits San Francisco because his cousin is Kimmy Gibbler's neighbor. <laughs> Isn't isn't there something in a Boy Meets World episode as well? Maybe. I would I don't know. I think I think like uh Corey Matthews is like pen pals with Urkel or something. Oh that I like I love that shit, dude. Yeah, let's get some cross continuity going with I sitcoms. love that shit. If you're gonna do shit like that, just do it. Just go full blown. Who, Absolutely. Don't, don't apologize. Just go for it. 
I think there was some episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch where she like conjured somebody from a different sitcom. Was it Will Riker? Does she blink him in and say, <laughs> "Hey, what is your th- opinion about this?" And then he leaves. He I might be back. thinking about Q. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Q Brina the Teenage Q. I would watch the fuck out of that actually, <laughs> especially if John Delancey still played him. <laughs> Even though he's a teenager, he looks exactly he's, the same. He's gonna be he's gonna be in Picard. Yeah, he is. I made a a banger tweet on the M class Twitter about that. Get it? Because the card burns and it's just the Q. Yeah. Did you get it? Q's coming back, guys. That means and it's his voice, so it's he's gonna be the there. The trial never he laughs like a fucking like the Joker at the end of it. He's like the trial never ends. I love Q. <laughs> I, I love, love, love Q. I do too. He was such a, like, here's the thing. Somebody pointed this out, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, fuck this episode of Voyager, by the way. Yeah, this episode um, is, like, bad. <laughs> Q is such a throwback character. Like, he's yeah. such a TOS-style character. Yeah. And I don't see how he would fit into the world of Picard at all. Like Having not watched an episode of Picard, because I was told not to, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it'll add some Star Trek to the show that isn't Star Trek anymore. I don't know. Hopefully. I, I watched the first season of Picard and, like, um, I paid too much attention to it. I think Yeah, you're just problem. supposed to have it on while you're doing your homework, right? <laughs> like, it, it just fell apart on all levels. I think it's uh, worth a watch if you can get it for free just to know what's wrong. Just to be like, oh, boy... That's that's fucked. After the Mandalorian, though, I don't know if I can do that because I've seen what can be. True, <laughs> the Mandalorian is good as fuck. So uh, yeah, I can. I've seen what can be good, and and it's like, well, why don't you just make good stuff? Have you watched the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I'm caught up with it. We'll have to do a shoot the shit about that at some point. Not today, but yeah, uh, we'll talk about Wandavision too. Why not? Yeah, fuck it. Um, we'll get into the Marvel Cinematic Show talk at some point so you guys can know, but uh, I got some opinions. Are they good opinions? Some of them. I don't, <laughs> I don't have very strong opinions about Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, we're right in the middle of it right now, so yeah. maybe it'll be better. I'll, t- I'll tell you about something when we're done. Okay, that's, okay. That's yeah. like been waiting. Let's tease it. Yeah, this Let's is for the plus it. show. <laughs> You gotta pay this is for, for that. the Talking Dead. We'll do later. The Talking Dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, this episode of Voyager, though, uh, where does it land for you on the Cochrane to Catfish scale, warp drive scale? I, a part of me wants to say it's uh, it stalls, like we don't even get to warp. Wow. <laughs> but a part, but a, but a part of me also wants to give it like a five because, like, I I I really don't have an opinion about it right like yeah i was gonna give it a four i'll go i'll go five because it's it's got something like there is something there yeah i agree there's like an underpinning to this episode that could have been great i think that's where that's why i'm giving it a four is like it's pure personal frustration yeah that like i didn't get my nut with this episode (laughs) Like, and you know me, I gotta get I that nut. I got to get my nut. You I'm know built me. different. 
<laughs> but like it it teases such a great episode idea that like could have been so emotionally yeah. resonant. Like I'm the type of dude and I think everybody who's listened to this show has fucking parsed this out by now that characters are what keep me coming back to a show. Yeah. Concept can be as great as possible. Like the fucking concept at the beginning of Andromeda is genius. The right. show itself is dog shit and right. I never watch it again. It's almost like there's parts that and they both matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, like almost like the they thing fit is, together. Like, the concept behind Stargate SG1 seems extremely limiting. Yeah. It doesn't seem as like wild and interesting as a lot of other sci-fi settings, but those characters are so good and fun yeah. and they keep me coming back. Yep. Uh Voyager this episode especially in Voyager like far more than the regular show these characters bring nothing to the table. Because yeah. they're like, p- pun intended, I guess, like watered-down versions yeah, of the exactly. characters that are already kind of watery to begin with. It's like making a, a copy of a VHS tape that, that's been copied over a million times. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it's not going to look good. It's not good. Like, there's such an opportunity here to create... Like, because you can think about it as an audience member, and I feel like the people who really like this episode, and I'm not trying to put thoughts into your head subliminally, directly into your ears. Listen to my voice. <laughs> but I feel like the people who dig this episode might be putting their own thoughts and feelings onto it in a way that the show itself isn't really doing. I feel that is a lot of what happens with Voyager. And and I totally, like I said in the beginning, I totally get why people love Voyager. I get it. Yeah. On some level. Voyager I, is I like a comfort food it. show. You've said it yes. before, and I think that's the perfect description for it. And I, But I think you're also right that there's a lot of inference happening with characters in yeah. the show. Like, they don't bring that emotional, right. like core of these of the story to you you're thinking like what if i was a goo person and not the real me how would i feel about (laughs) right because they don't portray any of that yeah that's all i I don't i don't know what you call that like is that is that an art form i guess is that but is it good writing not really no no This episode is poorly written. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at Brian Fuller, the um, who who he co-wrote it with two other people this episode, but like uh, the only episode that I recognize as a good episode of Star Trek on his list of writing uh, 25 items on this list is yeah. Impact Nor from Deep Space Nine. Right. And I would That's the one with the serial killer. Uh, yeah, there's like a killer on the station. Is the yeah. one they go to the other station? And there's the like Tilty DS Nine. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't call that episode like exceptional. No, it's it's not great. It, yeah, it's 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 just okay. It's just all right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I will give uh, Brian Fuller credit for being the one of the first openly gay writers of Star Trek. I didn't know that. Uh, so that's, that's good. dope. Um, I don't think he's a particularly good writer though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this episode is pure vo- like if I had to describe Voyager or at in least one the episode problem with Voyager. Yeah, it would be this, I think. Just so much potential, but it stalls. It just falls yeah. flat. And that's like I said it's frustrating. It's it very is. frustrating cuz I want 
more than anything, when I watch an episode of Voyager, I want that episode to be great. I want it to be yeah. a great episode of Voyager. And that's a, I'm sure there are people who listen to this episode and they're like, man, they just want to hate Voyager. It could not be more no, further from the we truth. don't hate. We don't, we make a lot of jokes about Voyager, but I know that I don't hate Voyager. No, I don't. I I am disappointed that Voyager didn't live up to. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm dad disappointed at Voyager that it didn't live up to his potential. <laughs> We're burning daylight. <laughs> you should have peed before we left. <laughs> It's going to be get to bed early. we got a big day tomorrow. It's going to be a scorcher. It's going to be a scorcher. Lay your clothes out tonight so you don't have to rush in the morning. <laughs> I'm just going to crack a cold one with the boys after work. <laughs> the, uh, the thing about Voyager is that there are some high highs in it, and there are some low lows, uh, but I think for the most part it's a, it's a pretty lukewarm series. Lukewarm, better than ice cold, I guess. Absolutely. Which is kind of what all we get, in my opinion, now with Star Trek. That's true. Um, what are we on I season four, Discovery, and we're just finally now like it's like kind of Star Trekky. <laughs> they they gave kinda. up. The last thing I heard about uh, Discovery because I haven't been keeping up. I watched part of season. I watched season two, and that's it. Yeah, I saw a season four trailer was coming out soon. And I was like, wait, we're on four. Um. They gave up on the prequel setting. They ta- they time traveled to the future. Oh, which is what it should have been the whole time. <laughs> well, that's that's stupid as fuck, I guess. But wait, so they're in the now time? They're in no, they're in far past the like Deep Space Nine time. Oh, they're in like twenty four ten, like uh, yeah. like STO. No, they're like way ahead. I think. I think they're okay. like way way ahead. <laughs> Is the Enterprise J there? The Enterprise Jerkoff? The Enterprise, uh, how is this a ship? <laughs> the Enterprise, it's just a blob that flies through much, space. Pretty much looks like it. Um, <laughs> I can't believe Potsy worked on this episode, man. <laughs> the Potsy. Well, I'm glad he got stuff to do after Happy Days, you know? The Potsy. The Potsy. <laughs> I know when I go to Happy Days Con, when conventions are a thing, I'm going to go oh, to Happy man. Days Con and I'm going to be like, Potsy. I'm ready. Look, I know that you're known for Potsy, but your work on Star Trek, chef's kiss. Mwah. I loved your work on Star Trek where you made extremely mediocre episodes, except one that was good. What were you thinking when you had your actors be bad? Was that a personal choice? <laughs> like doing like, like a between two ferns now. <laughs> I fucking love between two ferns. That shit was ridiculous. I'm. <sighs> I guess we're done. <laughs> I'm. I'm confused about how many of the actors who worked on this describe it as like one of the episodes that they love. Is that a thing? Are you reading this? Yeah, they're talking about how, like, it has a real tragic ending, and I mean, it, yes. it does, but, like, it not, doesn't play into any of the emotions of it. Yeah, not in, like, the way that it it, it does. It, it's, again, it's just sort of a misfire, I, I, in my opinion, right? I, like, look, I get it if you like this episode. Like, I totally get it. I, I'm not even being sarcastic. I totally get it. But you're wrong. <laughs> 
shit there, there goes all of our patreon money that's fun I'll get oh, a job. No. I'll get a job as a street sweeper or something. I mean, I'll it's just fine. get a job as a TV writer if they can. If this dude can write, <laughs> why can't I? I'll just become a director if they let fucking Potsy do it. <laughs> yeah, what do you got to do? Wear a beret? That's it. All right. <laughs> yeah, if you like this episode, that's fine. You're dumb, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> we're we're just kidding. I think no. I feel like we're at the point where we need to say that, right? Yeah, like, we are just kidding. Like are, for real though, this episode yeah. like. Um, four is probably too mean. I'll give it a five as well. Actually, it's yeah. I think I think it's a, it is straight down the middle of the road. Yeah, I I really don't know. I I I very much conflicted. I don't know what to think about this episode. I really don't. And I mean, there's there are obviously people of reference people who are listening like uh, three times in this episode. That's like three times too many. I shouldn't be putting words in their mouth. Yeah, but there are people listening who are like, "Well, if it's straight down the middle of the road, how come you got so worked up about it, Jeff?" And again, it's a potential. I will. Thing. I will say this with any art, and I know that you know this, Jeff. Sometimes mediocrity is worse than being bad. That's true. That's very true. And I mean, there's there's also like, I think it's a standard knowledge that there's such a thing as good bad. Yes. Like when something is bad enough that it's fun to watch, I'm is, the is king nowhere of good, near bad. that. I love good bad. I do too. It's the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, I love good Demolition bad. Man. Demolition Man right. is like good bad good. Good bad good. Yeah, it's like a whole new level. <laughs> it's like it's, good bad squared, or no, good squared bad. That's yes, what it is. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it's more good than bad, but yeah. it's still bad. <laughs> um. The Super Mario Brothers movie is good, bad, squared. Yeah, good, bad, squared. Yep. <laughs> um, there's there's a difference between potential and execution that is so vast yeah. that it bothers me. It's uh, almost more frustrating. It's like um, let's just metaphor the fuck out of this. It's like uh, you're on a sinking ship, uh, <laughs> and you can see land, uh, and then you die seeing the land. Is it better to uh? have died not knowing where you were? I would think so. But knowing yeah. you're that close, oh, that's, you're that that's close rough. to Yeah, you're that close to succeeding and creating a great story that's just like, like this it's episode. Just right there, but you Just you, like this episode. You just sink instead. Yep. You see the land before you and you drown. That's horrible. I'm sure this episode is going to piss a lot of people off. Uh, in which case, you can uh, you can shoot us an email at mclassemail at gofuckyourself.trash. <laughs> Uh, and the thing is like I'm not gonna remember anything I said in this episode in an hour anyway so it doesn't matter (laughs) I'm gonna play like Elder Scrolls tonight and that's gonna erase everything I did today that's like it's one of my I mentioned this on Twitter my absolute favorite thing about people emailing in to like say that we fucked up or did something they didn't like or agree with is that I never remember saying the things they said I had to say they do that now imagine that like with continue and it's like 500 episodes (laughs) and people are like remember when you did this and I'm like I have no idea what you're talking about you know this is episode 99 of Class podcast that's the sex number it's they're all the sex number to me, baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah! I think this is ninety nine. 
we're very professional with our how many episodes we've done. I think somebody pointed out once that I misnumbered something as well, so it's probably not the real 99. You but... might not have misnumbered it. I might have misnumbered it. I stopped numbering uh, them for that reason because yeah, I couldn't absolutely. remember. This is episode 99. So the next episode, an episode of Enterprise that I've yes. never seen before, is the 100th episode of M-Class Podcast. Dr. Flux literally hanging dong in the Enterprise. Perfect. That's the, like, I couldn't imagine a more perfect episode <laughs> for a 100. Dr. Flux gets his flocks out when he's feeding his pets. <laughs> God, thank God Enterprise is next. Oh, man. Uh, Enterprise has its own problems. Sorry about the lip smack I just did, folks. Wowzers. Uh, we're doing but... ASMR now. We're, we're a full-blown <laughs> ASMR channel. It was loud enough that I noticed it. Sorry. Uh, we should do some whispering. People like it when you whisper. <laughs> Balefire! Balefire! <laughs> Got a clip so bad. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I level eight it. Uh, so, I think it's the end of this fucking episode. Uh, sorry to anyone who disagrees with us. Uh, not sorry. <laughs> you knew what this was. Uh, right off the top of the bat, I want to thank Balefire! <laughs> I'm losing my voice. For being the sponsors this month, you gotta check out Balefire over on Bandcamp. I believe it's balefire.bandcamp.com. Go fucking yep. check it out. Uh, like to thank Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our theme song. Check him out at underscore Vitizen underscore on Twitter. And as Vitizen anywhere, better music is sold. Love that guy. Love him. Uh, <laughs> shoot us an email, mclassemail at gmail.com, or follow us over on Twitter at mclasspodcast. But you know what would really be dope of you? What? You know, I, I thought you you used to be cool. If you wanted to be cool again. <laughs> if you want to be cool to me. You can head over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, where for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month. That's it? That's it. You get access to a Discord full of like-minded Star Trek fans who love M-Class mostly. And you could chat with them and hang out and get involved in clubs and shit. It's wild in they there. They play games. It's There's wrestling. It's crazy. Yeah, there's watch of. clubs for wrestling and tokusatsu and fucking video game clubs. There's a writing club, if you remember uh, my ancient podcast I did with Kevin Cole, OGOC. Oh, yeah. They're still doing that in the Discord. Good so, OGOC never dies. That's what I always true. say. It's very true. Uh, good OGOC and good trees is what I always say. <laughs> and uh, at higher donation levels, you get access to other podcasts, commentary tracks, audio logs, wallpapers, behind-the-scenes posts, tons of stuff. I think there's uh, over 200 posts on our Patreon at this point that yeah, you can check out. We're goddamn prolific as fuck. Um. M-Class email comes out a week early for people at the $5 level as well, so you could listen to it right now if you were a patron at that level. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this, hopefully by now I have uh, gotten the files off my broken-ass old computer and I've put it up, but there's a new Jeff and Josh shoot the shit that should be out now about Lord of the Rings. Oh, it's so weird. We talked about Lord of the Rings and then... Uh, and this makes the rounds every so often. Somebody like rediscovered the Soviet Union Lord of the Rings show oh, yeah. that they made. 
The one, the like book that's about the orcs. Uh, it, it's like it's like they just made some shitty Soviet version of Lord of the oh, Rings, yeah. like back in the nineties or eighties or whatever. And it's like, because there's like it, this is a show. You said, I think it was a show. Yeah, there's a there's a Soviet book. It's oh, like is a, there? It's an unofficial sequel to the Lord of the Rings, and they're the orcs. Is it's that from the, the orcs' point of view. Because uh, the orcs are like industry, and they. That's what the Soviet Union likes, right? I guess. Workers, workers and stuff, right? Yeah, that's probably it. But it's, like, horribly written and full of, like, swears and shit. Yeah, you know, how, like, Tolkien would do. Uh, There's that part in Lord of the Rings, like, I think it's in uh, Two Towers, when it's just three pages of, like, uh, 8 equals D. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's just rocket ship after rocket yeah, ship. Yeah, it's just it's just there. there's like a really long one. It like extends like four pages. It's crazy. That guy was a master. Tolkien knew what he was doing. Yeah, he really knew what he it. It all doing. means something. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for becoming a patron. If you do, no thanks if you don't. Uh, we appreciate all of you, though. Uh, we love you. Th- thanks for making M Class Podcast what it's been for ninety nine episodes. We'll be back in. Um, a couple weeks time with the 100th episode spectacular where we do nothing different and review another another episode of Star Trek if it ain't broke don't fix it uh, bye 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 Beelum
I'm mentally ill. 